0: And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network dedicated to covering IU women's basketball. I'm your host, Kathy Amos, and I'm joined here tonight, as always, with my co-host, Jeff Marlowe. Tonight, we will be discussing Thursday's 67-58 to 58 victory from your number three slash number four Indiana Hoosiers over Illinois, over Penn State. Um sorry to improve to 10 and 0 um on the season and 2 and 0 in the Big 10. Um this has actually been a 10 and 0 start is their best start under coach Morin. So it was a really momentous event for our Hoosier women's program. But let's start the show the way we start every show and that's with our Hoosier proud banner moment. So our banner moment for tonight's show came, um, in my opinion, in the third quarter of the game on Thursday when Sydney Parrish started us off by hitting a three with about six minutes left to go in that third quarter, which finally gave us the lead back at a 35 to 34 pace. Um, This was the team's. Only third-pointer, three-pointer of that that point in the game, but it really started a nice stretch of play for the Hoosiers. Um, soon after that, Chloe Moore McNeil came down and had a great steal, and then soon right after that, Mac was doubled, but she kicked that ball out to Chloe Moore McNeil and hit another three, making our lead now 44-36. to 36. This turned out to end up being a 12-2 to run that helped put that team over the hump that they were really um, facing in that first quarter, or first half, and ended up cementing their win. Plus, in that quarter, they had zero turnovers, which was a really great change of pace, which I am sure we'll get into from the first half. So, as always, our banner moment is sponsored by Home Field Apparel. HomeField is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools in their existing line. So you're bound to find something for you or as a gift for a friend or loved one, which is really close to holiday season. So hopefully everyone's doing all their shopping and getting that done. But if you haven't shopped at HomeField Apparel before, please go out to HomeFieldApparel.com and use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, for 15% off your entire first order. Again, that's promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, for 15% off. And it's homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right. Well, next we're going to kick it over here to Jeff. He is going to um, regale us with his amazing basketball knowledge tonight in Coach's Corner. Jeff, what's on your mind?
1: Well, first of all, talking about the game on Thursday night, just the fact that it wasn't an A game. I mean, it wasn't even maybe a B-plus game. And they found a way to get through that and win, which I think is really is is key for this group as they move forward because obviously without Grace Berger and without some of the other players who who are out right now battling injuries, uh, we played with only eight the other night. Uh, Alyssa Geary didn't play again. We know that Keionder Brown's still out. And so just really battling a little bit of a you know, um, short bench right now. So to be able to go over there, into, pay, into state college, into Happy Valley, and get a win against a better, a, an improved Penn State team. I thought spoke volumes. The other thing I want to point out here too is you're talking about you know, matching the start for 10 and 0 uh, under Terry Moore, and the best I've been able to find so far, and I didn't go back any farther than this. I kind of go back as far as I need to. Is they started 14 and 0 on, in Kurt Miller's second season, which I believe was the 14 15 season or the 13 14 season. I can't remember which one it was, but Kurt uh, that team started 14 and 0. Uh, under Kurt Miller so right now the team is off to its second best start ever or tied for its best start under Terry Moore and for the second best start now since that Kurt Miller team so a lot of fun and and I I think having time off I think the the 10 days they're going to have off I know they have finals but I think the 10 days they're going to have off here away from actual play may help with some of that in, in terms of getting some of maybe the rotation straightened out a little bit as they're as they're dealing with some of the kids players being injured.
0: Yeah, I think it's really coming at a a great time uh, for them to have this 10 day stretch where all they can do is need to do is focus on getting healthy, um, some practices in their finals. So not not in that order, of course, Mm -hmm. school first. So I absolutely agree. All right, Jeff, well, do you want to go ahead and jump right into um, breaking down this game again Um, for those just joining us here tonight? And Indiana did win this game on Thursday, 67 to 58, which, again, it's also important to note um, while, uh, um, you know, Penn State may not be expected to be the top echelon, if you will. It's still a road win and a road win is always something that we will welcome regardless of who the opponent is. But um, do you want to talk about something that maybe went as expected for you um, first to, to start us off?
1: Well, I thought in the second half it went back to where they got locked in a little bit better. I think mentally, I think that was what I saw in the second half that I thought would be expected. They had 12 turnovers in the first half, and that's pretty much matching their season average in that first half. And mm-hmm. so they just, you could tell they were out of sync. They they weren't on the same page. I don't know whether it was all Penn State's defense or not. I'm not willing to quite go that far. It was just one of those nights, and, and you sometimes you got to find a way to, to get a win when you're not playing your best basketball. And the other thing I thought basically when it's expected, and I want to get too deep into this, um, but they, you know, McKenzie Holmes in the second half played like McKenzie Holmes. And, and and that really, I thought was the difference. We hit a couple more shots as you pointed out in the second half too. But again, right now you, you've got to, you've got to ride McKenzie Holmes right now as much as you can.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, there were two high level things for me that went as expected. Number one, I think is something we're really um, for the most part, really relying on as well, which is our defense. We've talked about their defense a lot as a calling card for all of Coach Morin's team. And it's certainly, I thought, I thought that showed up in for against Penn State as well, especially being on the road. Um, A couple of things for me, they, their main uh, leading scorer, Marissa um, Campbell, they held her to only eight points, uh, which I thought was really great because she is, she is a good ball player. And so to hold their best player to eight points. And I heard on Coach Morin's show this week um, that they kind of rotated players on her. to to guard her, and I thought that strategy worked really well. Um, The other number, and I know we'll get into stats later, we usually concentrate more on IUs, but the other number from the defensive side, we held Penn State to 36% shooting, which I thought was um, also a good sign for us defensively. Um, Jeff, I think the other thing that went as expected was kind of something you were talking about as well, and it was, again... Uh, just the poise the team seems to have, right? This was the first time that they were trailing going into halftime and they came out in that third quarter and really made some great adjustments. They didn't seem panicked by the fact that they were actually down um, and they really turned it around showing again their poise and a lot of the leadership I think we have on the team, which again was for me, um, that's something we've, we started to come to expect. Um, But anything else you want to talk about with any of those points or other things that went as expected for you?
1: Well, I, I will just say again. Another thing, when is expected, this team shares the ball well, and and they had twenty assists on twenty-seven makes. So again, another example of when this team, and I, and I would have bet I I couldn't find a way to break it down by half, but I would bet there was a bigger really? chunk of those in the second half than there was in the first half, just because the offense played better. You scored forty roughly forty points in the second half compared to the twenty-six you had in the first half. So. I, I think that's, you know, 41 points in the second half. So I would say more of their assists in the second half. And it just, again, a little. they uh, had a, nine,
0: per- they had nine in the first and 11 in the second half. So, so they, when yeah. they're
1: sharing, yeah. when they're sharing the ball, they, they, they look good offensively. Um, and I'll save a couple more of my thoughts more for the surprises. Cause I was one of those, I think made both have.
0: Yeah. Well, shoot. That's a great segue. Why don't we just go ahead and jump over to surprises. So um, w- what is that one thing that, um, you want to talk about i'm sure well, there might be more than one but what's the yeah. one you were alluding to
1: <laughs> well i mentioned the turnovers already and and watching yeah. it there were just some silly turnovers and and i hate to be that negative about it but there were a couple times where we just threw the ball out of bounds i mean we we were trying to throw it into mac or trying to throw it straight and just like an old, you know and not really getting any angle not really getting any uh passing you know, lane to throw it in we were just trying to throw over the top and throwing it out of bounds There was a, there was at least one if not two where we tried to do kind of a dribble handoff and just kind of lazed it out there to the, off the side of the hip, and the Penn State player, you know, uh, it snuck, I shouldn't say snug, but wedged their way in there to get the steal. And so we just were lazy with our passing, especially in the first half. Second half got a little better. And I think that's one of the things that I thought that it, it was the first time, and so I'll put it in here as a surprise. It was the first time where I really felt like we missed grace on the floor. Because grace was able to make adjustments in, 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 as the floor leader and and against some of the defenses that Penn State was switching up to and it really felt like in the first half they were just what really kind of got them out of sync was they were having, they were struggling to recognize the defense that Penn State was in and I think that caused some of those 12 first half turnovers
0: yeah, before I um, actually, I'll piggyback off of that into my surprise. But before I do, I need to correct myself. I said we held um, their leading scorer Campbell to eight points. I, I wrong wrong person. The McKenna Marissa is their leading scorer. She had twelve. But regardless, they held her well below her her yes. season average. So, um, but that kind of led me into the surprise. I think Jeff, you were alluding to, which was their de- the defense from Penn State, and it wasn't so much. I was surprised that Penn State pressed or played different kinds of defenses because I think we actually talked about that in the preview that they were known for pressing and knowing it I was surprised by the fact that we seemed unprepared for it and uh, and I think a lot of those turnovers again 12 in the first half our season average is only 11 and we have 12 in the first half already uh I thought that was actually quite a surprise for me I wasn't expecting to see that from from our team
1: yeah, and, 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 I, and like I said, you have some of those games like that. But I thought, to to kind of back up your point, is, is maybe not pre- unprepared, but just weren't focused. And, yes. and for one reason or another, I hate to believe that Terry Morton didn't have them prepared, but True. I think that t- for, for some reason the players just weren't focused. And and you saw Terry take a time out there. Coach Morton take a time out in that first half when they fell behind. I think it was 20 to 16, 20 to 18, 22 to 18, something like that. And she took a yeah. timeout, and I felt like that was a timeout of "Hey, let's get we we need focus." And it didn't really and it didn't show much there in that in that toward the end of the first half. But I'll bet halftime they spent a lot of time talking about the middle side of it. I Kathy, what else did do. you have for a surprise? I kind of took the turnover one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, my my being kind of unprepared, um. I'm a little surprised, and it, it came from the last game as well. We didn't talk about it a whole lot, but I've been a little surprised with Sarah Scalia. She seems to have kind of disappeared on us. Mm-hmm. Um, Like she's contributing, but not what we thought. And this was an example. I thought of that. You know, we were expecting for her, and we've seen it in several games with her three point shooting. Went she went one of seven on on the game tonight, and I think the previous game she was somewhat low as well. So that that's kind of surprising. I thought maybe. You know, we'd start seeing that again from her. So I'm hoping, again, this was just kind of a blip for her, these last couple of games. But this one in particular was kind of surprising. It was not, I thought, a great game from Sarah um, for us. And, and that was actually kind of surprising to me.
1: Well, and I agree with you. Against Illinois, she did not play her best. I think part of the thing is we're so expecting Sarah Scalia to make shots that yes. we're also looking at that but I do agree with you I thought she she I thought she really struggled especially in the first half of the game against Penn State and for most of the game against Illinois I would have said that so I think you're spot on there um but then if you look at the stat sheet Kathy and I know plus minus can be a little bit of a flawed stat but I like it she was second on the team in plus minus she was a sure. plus 12 and Sydney was plus 14 to lead us uh, in plus minus so again it's a little bit of a flawed stat but but she was obviously out there when the team was making plays that got them the lead. So that doesn't mean she was making the plays though. That's the other thing. That's part of the thing that can be really flawed in a a plus minus. But um, I think is every player has slumps every shooter has slumps, but right now it gets kind of magnified when you're down. Some of the players were down and I hate to keep coming back to that. But right now, this is where we thought we were going to be kind of deep. Right now is not very deep. And so anybody who's not playing well that's out there being, you know, out there for 38 minutes is going to kind of show up pretty easily, at least on the eye test.
0: Right. And I also wonder if that stat for Sarah might have been a little inflated because she ended up playing 39 minutes. So, you know, when you're playing all but one minute of the game, you have a quite a bit of time and um, opportunity to be on the floor to your point, not necessarily making the plays. And I, um, she did have four assists, but I just didn't feel like it was a really great game from, from Sarah. And again, kind of, that was my, one of my surprises. Yeah. Any other surprises for you that you want to talk about? Um, I don't know if I should call it a surprise or not,
1: but we won the rebounding battle and that was an area that's been a little bit of a concern over the last couple games, because again, We've talked about a few of the kids who are out who are definitely better who are good rebounders and you're just taking them out of the mix. And Austin talked about this when he was on with me a couple of weeks ago. It's not so much just that player, it's the fact that they pick up, you know, between them. You know, you talk about a couple of the kids we're talking about it and and, and Geary and 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 Berger, especially, they're gonna contribute eight, nine rebounds a game. So for this team to win the rebounding battle, be plus six, um, that to me was a little bit of a surprise. The downside of the surprise here was they gave up twelve offensive rebounds.
0: Yes, and, I and had so, that down.
1: Too. So that's you know that that wasn't a surprise. I mean, but this is this they've got to get focused on the glass a little more. But the surprise that they won the battle on the glass, I thought was a good thing.
0: Right. Yeah. I had that um, written down to as something that was surprising again. Yeah. We ended up with only six offensive rebounds and allowing 12 on the game. So that that's not necessarily a number, but at least in total, yes, 37, 31, we won that rebounding battle.
1: Yep. And and the other part about that, again, not trying to get too deep in the numbers, but they end up with 13 more shots than we did. So part of that's off of those offensive rebounds. It's also partially off of, the fact that we had six more turnovers than them. So, you know, there were those, those, there's two components right there that lead to extra shots for an opponent.
0: Yeah. Um, well, should we use this as a great segue to jump inside the numbers?
1: Sure. Your show tonight, <laughs> Kathy.
0: It's our show, Jeff. So yes, you can always rule. I know. I'm not <laughs> Well, good. Well, uh, Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and and start us off? What is a stat that you really I mean, we've already been kind of touching on it. Right. So I don't think we probably need to dwell on the turnovers anymore, but maybe start there. Is there anything else on turnovers we haven't talked about that you want to mention?
1: Well, the only thing I'll talk about turnovers, Yarden cannot have six turnovers. I mean, I know she's a freshman. But you, you're, one of your starters, who's playing 34 minutes, can't have six turnovers. I, to me, that's and then you had um, Sarah with four and Sydney with four, so three of your starters combined for 14 or 17 turnovers. Now, again, your right. the bench isn't playing a lot of minutes anyway, but that's just too many. Those are three, you know, well, yards not, but that's two veteran players who combined for eight turnovers. Um, and I and I see one of those, but I was going to kind of point out. Um, they didn't shoot a high volume and, and part of that I think was because they weren't hitting early, but they ended up five of 15 from three. So 35, you know, 33, excuse me, 33%. And they actually made one more three than Penn state did. So they were actually plus three on threes.
0: Yeah. Again, I think that goes to our, our defense again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Penn state only shot 18% from three point lands. Right. So I, I um, I, I thought that was actually a, a nice stat for us as well on the, on the good side. Um, so the other um, – oh, I already mentioned that. So, yeah, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Why don't you go first while I try to get my brain back on track? What else do you have in the stats um, from a team perspective we haven't touched on?
1: Uh, well, I, again, for all the things that we thought were they didn't play very well, um, they only got outscored on points off turnovers by three. Uh, Penn State had 19 points off of 17 turnovers by IU. And IU had 16 points off 11 turnovers by Penn State. So if you're really doing the breakdown, we actually scored more points per turnover than Penn State did. Not saying that that's, we should be turning right. it over 17 times. but um, So <laughs> when you look at it, we for even though we had six more turnovers, we basically were awash on points off turnovers.
0: Yeah, um, I agree with that. Absolutely. Um, points in the paint that one actually surprised me a little bit. Now I, I know we outscored them in the paint 38, 34. Um, honestly, I just thought that would be a place of strength that we would had a wider margin actually um, than we, than we ended up having. But what, what are your kind of thoughts on that points in the paint?
1: Um, yeah, was,
0: you, you too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Same. I, I thought it would be a little bigger spread, but right now we're basically playing one one true post player most times uh, right the rest are, are four wings around mac and and and, and lily meister got five minutes the there tonight. but lily's in there to right now she's not really in there to give us double digit points she's in there to just buy us some minutes so Mac can get some rest but um and she scored two points so you know but she's not going to feel she's not going to help make a huge difference whereas And part of that number also gets skewed. Uh, Kathy, you talk about Sarah Scalia not making shots. She's missing some some shots in the paint. And Mm -hmm. besides three, she's missing some shots in the paint. So those would count as points in the paint. It doesn't have to come from a post player. Absolutely. So that's part of that as well. But I also thought that was a little bit of the defense in the first half where I thought they weren't as locked in defensively. I thought they gave up some easier buckets in the first half.
0: Yeah, yeah. To your point, Sarah Scalia. In total, I talked about their three-point shooting. She was three of twelve um, total from field goals. So um, you know that means she only was two of five um, inside the arc. So um I, I thought maybe we could transition a little bit and talk a little bit about our bench, so we had three players on the bench again, um they were all three our freshmen, so lexis Bargasser, um henna Sandvik, and then Lily Meister and um so henna, I thought was again um you know, she was nice off of the bench. She ended up playing twelve twelve minutes and had four points on two of three shooting um you know, and i I thought she was fine, right like mm-hmm. we got some good minutes out of her um. And so I thought that she contributed in the way we kind of need her. But what was um, maybe your thought on the bench play?
1: Oh, well, again, three players getting us basically 20 minutes of action. I can, and that, that's fine. You split that out. That becomes about six, six and a half minutes or so, almost seven minutes of uh, a piece. But I'm with you. I like the way Hannah's playing. In fact, if she's two for three. I like to see her get a little more, a couple more shots. Right. You know, yeah. if you're two for three, let's get you to three for five, you know, four for six, four for seven, something like that. But I know she's also trying to fit into the flow of the offense. She's a freshman coming in from overseas, who I'm sure is just like, you know what, I, I just want to fit in. I want to I want to make sure I'm just playing my role. And so I'm sure she's trying to tread her tread feel tread water a little bit. The one that surprises me a little bit here is I, I still am a little surprised that Lexi and again I know she's coming off an injury, but I just thought with the way we're kind of falling off on ball handling a little bit is Lexi Bargis are not getting as much more than about two 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 minutes and seventeen two seconds minutes, officially. Yeah. So, but uh, I like Meister. I really think she had, I think all three of those players have huge upside. I really do. Um, and now it's just a matter of trying to get some kids back healthy as quick as we right. can. And then, and then you start, then the dynamic can get back to what we saw in those first four, five, six games before the injury bug really hit us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree. And, you know, again, they're freshmen, so th- yeah. this is actually great in terms of development for them and the fact that, again, we're winning. I think they're contributing and, you know, they're they're giving us meaningful minutes as well. And it's just a great opportunity for them to continue growing too, which is good good for our future as well. And
1: And one of your freshmen played 34 minutes as a starter in their first game, conference right. game on the road. Now, Penn State's not a hostile environment there were 1600 people in the in the stands but it's still it's a road game in the conference there's those are not easy no matter who you're playing
0: yeah i mean even without the crowd right i mean you're not where you're at you're saying a hotel you're not on the same kind of schedule right like you're you know it's a night game so you you have all day to kind of mill about and do whatever they do (laughs) but you're not in your home environment you're not on kind of the same routine that you're used to so i'm i'm sure that you know that takes them out of their game as well and and um
1: Ari mentions here in the, with the workaholics that more, Coach Morin has said something that I have not heard, so I just missed it, is that they may have Vargas on a minutes restriction. So, oh, okay. With rehabbing her ACL, but I would think that she should still get more than two minutes, but again, I could get the I can get the minutes restriction uh, sure. part of it as well, so I could see that.
0: Okay, great. Um, any other team or individual stats you want to talk about now before we get into game ball and hustle awards?
1: Um, no, I think I'd rather just save my individual stats for when we get into game ball and hustle.
0: All right. That sounds good. Um, well, great. Let's just go ahead and switch over to, to game ball then. Um, so as we, uh, transition here, I think, uh, Jeff will put up for us a ticker that will show us the game ball stats that we've had so far this year. Um, so as those come up, so just to recap, Mackenzie Holmes has had five game balls, uh, Sydney Parish two, and then, um, Grace Berger and Yarden Garzon each with one. So Jeff, I'll let you go ahead and start. Who would you like to talk about first for your game ball?
1: Well, before we do that, Kathy, I'll do a little Bob Thompson intro here.
0: Okay. That sounds good. Yeah, this is a good one. All
1: right. So you want me to go first on game ball? Yeah, Go for it. Okay. I think this was pretty easy. I think I'm going to go with Mack McKenzie, 18 points, 10 rebounds um an assist and a steal and a block and, and and so and i really felt you know eight of 12 from the field so i really felt like mac you know not only earned it but i think if mac doesn't have her her game here this game might have gone the other way so i'm gonna go McKenzie holmes on my game ball here
0: yeah i i i had mackenzie holmes written down as well we had another double double from her the thing uh we haven't talked about with her i think uh is her turnovers, but something that seemed to have been, you know, a lot of happy feet for mm-hmm. her the last couple of games. She ended up with only two this, this game. And so, um, you know, when the whole team has, uh, had 17 and she is cut down, I think she had something like six in that Illinois game and somewhere around <laughs> that. And the game before that, I really love seeing that, um, two down there. She also ended up with a block and a steal. Um, so, I liked it 35, 35 minutes. And I, I thought she was just again on point with, with her game and exactly what we needed from her. And on top of it, it, cut down on the turnovers that we, we saw starting to creep up from her. So yeah, I will second that for sure with McKenzie, uh for my game ball.
1: That's cool. McKenzie gets her sixth game ball. Sixth of the year,
0: game right? ball. Yes.
1: <laughs> I can be almost renamed at the McKenzie Holmes award. Yes, absolutely. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, let's um, jump over then to the Hoosier Hustle Award and I'll recap again. So Sydney Parrish right now is leading the way with three Hustle Awards. Chloe Moore McNeil right behind her with two and a half. Um, then each with one Grace Berger, Caitlin Peterson and Alyssa Geary all have one. And then Lily Meister has a half a game ball because we've had a couple games where we've split it. So um, with that, Jeff, um, I'll let you go ahead and go first as well on this one and um I'll well, there
1: were two people I had considered for this one as well, right. Kathy. And I, I'm going to lean mainly because of one stat here. I'm going to go with Chloe Moore McNeil for my hustle award. 39 minutes, All right, She was three of four from the field, 11 points, three rebounds, seven assists, a steal, but she only had one turnover. And that was why, to yep. me, that, that's where I'm going to give my hustle award here is to Chloe, mainly because she did a little bit of everything and did it pretty well um, on, on – Thursday night against Penn State. And, and, and right now there just isn't that person coming off the bench anyway to kind of, you know, be a true, you know, Mr. Hustle, Miss Hustle Award type winner right now. So Chloe was my person.
0: Yeah. And Jeff, I'll make it unanimous. That's who actually I wrote down as well. The main thing for me was her assist to turnover ratio, which you you touched on seven assists to one turnover. Again, Chloe Moore McNeil was not meant to come in and play point guard for us. And she has been doing a lot of that, that duty for us. And I think it just um, needs to, to go, you know, again, mentioned here that that is just a phenomenal stat, seven assists to one turnover um, from somebody not meant to be playing your point guard, I think is just fantastic. And again, and then as you said, she contributed 11 um, points. She was also four for four from the line. So I mean, she's just she just is doing all those little things on almost every stat line that adds up to a lot of things. So I, I again, I'm just been really impressed with how Chloe has stepped up, especially since Grace has gone out.
1: And, and I think it's also a mention here. And I think you probably had the same other person in mind with Sydney Parrish, Sydney yes. scored, had a, 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 a tied for a game high, 18 points. She had seven rebounds. She had three assists, but she had four turnovers. And, and when I was watching the game um, and again, I watched it a little bit. I mean, I watched it afterwards. I wasn't able to watch it live. I was doing a game up here on the radio, but just a couple of the turnovers were kind of lazy turnovers. And, yeah. and that really bothered me a little bit. So uh, I, I thought Chloe just was had a better effect, even though she didn't score as much or have as many rebounds. Like you said, those seven assists from somebody that we weren't counting on to be the primary ball handler um, coming into the season. So again, it's good. It's good to have two people battling for that award though.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I would, yeah Sydney was a close second I really had to to think about it and look at some of my notes I had taken on you know a lot of the gameplays. and uh, you know we don't really do that anymore where we're talking about meaningful moments but I do write them down and that that is part of what goes in for me at least where I try to help with Hoosier hustle especially and I wrote down Chloe's name a lot you know the first quarter she had a great drive where she ended up getting fouled and um, going to the line and obviously she made both of them and there were just a lot of Plays I had written down with Chloe's name in it. Um, Sydney, led, you know, was tied with uh, McKinsey in scoring with 18. And I think I heard she is now second in the team with points per game uh, in terms of average. So she is absolutely scoring and doing those types of things. But to your point, I think the four turnovers really detracted. Well, her farming.
1: and I think that also was one of the things we could have mentioned her with a game ball, too. I mean, you look yeah. at her 18.7 yeah. rebounds, three assists. But again, I think the turnovers was something that probably jumped out at both of us, even in that. So Sydney played well. It just, unfortunately, not a night where we felt like she, she got a, an award.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, well, that will do that for our hustle award. So that takes Chloe up to three and a half. So she now leads that, that category for us. But um, before we, we move on to our, our next segment, Jeff, is there anything else? Um, one thing, actually, I, I did want to talk a little bit was about Yard and Garzon. Now we touched on her and you mentioned her high turnovers is six turnovers. She did contribute seven points and eight rebounds. But the other thing that, you know, I think she's really struggling with is fouling. Um, I think this is this is not the first game she's fouled out of, right? I think she fouled out of at least one other game earlier. So, so. yeah, I think that's one thing she might be having some trouble adjusting to maybe is, you know, maybe the refereeing and how the game is called here compared to how she was playing, you know, internationally. But what, what are your kind of thoughts there on Yarden and anything about her play you'd like to talk about?
1: Freshman who's making an adjustment, big thing. I'd like to see more shots. I mean, yeah, Yeah. maybe battle foul trouble a little bit, but she only had five shots And, and, and on this with this group, I know you and and Chloe only had four, you know. So again, we're a group that's playing as many minutes as they are, you know. And I get it; you're going to get max shots. Your two guards, your two shooters are going to get shots. But I'd like to see Yarden, especially concerned she had been shooting the three fairly well. I'd like to, you know, and she was one for one at Penn State on three. So she needs she needs to hunt some shots a little bit. But again, maybe the fouls is, is causing her to be a little less aggressive on the offensive end. Yeah, but that overall I think she's played well. It's just right now she seems to have kind of hit hit a little bit of a of a lull where she's really kind of gotten a little unsure of herself or maybe she's like you said maybe the, making the adjustments to the way the game's being called. Um mm-hmm. but she'll I think she'll figure it out. You're just going to see how long it takes.
0: Right. Yeah. And the other thing I think that's maybe, maybe happening is it, it, she's getting her fouls and then she's got to come out of the game and sit mm-hmm. for a while. And I think it's taken her out of the flow of the game, you know. And, you know, I think she could be maybe a little more aggressive too in terms of the offensive end. If she can learn to do without fouling, I don't think it, she's really getting char- called with charges. So I, I don't think it's there. You know, to, Chloe, yes, only had four shots uh field goals to compare to yards five. The thing with Chloe is she also had four free, free throws. So to mm. me, I think she's just also being a little more aggressive, charging or not charging, sorry, um, driving to the basket. So um I think we've covered everybody for the most part who's played, but is there any other stat team, individual, or anything else you want to talk about before we move to lingering questions?
1: Nope. I don't have anything else.
0: Me neither. All right. Well, let's go ahead and um, jump over to lingering questions, Jeff. And uh, do you want to start with one that's on your brain? Uh,
1: I guess the only lingering question or not only, I I guess the one lingering question coming out of this is when will we find our, you know, when will Sarah Scalia especially find her her shooting stroke again? And again, I realize I've been there when I played. I've been there as a coach. when my best shooters has been going through a slump. But the only way out of it is to keep shooting, which has not been Sarah's problem. She's not stopping shooting. She had 12 shots in one of seven on threes the other night, like you said. Um, But for this team really to get to its ceiling, she has to be able to hit more than one three per game. She she probably needs two, three. And then you get two or three from Sydney. And then maybe Chloe chips in one. Maybe Yarden chips in one or two. So that way then you've kind of got that balance back to your three-point shooting. But I just think right now – and the other thing I, I, I wanted to see is, I guess, I'll I'll let you go first. And then maybe if I, I'll come back to my, uh, my second thought.
0: Okay. Yeah. My biggest hearing question is just our health right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we obviously know about grace. We have zero timetable on her. Uh, and I'm just going off of some of the comments that's coach Moren made with Austin and his weekly radio show with her this, this week. And grace is coming along nicely. She's being very positive, which is, uh, you know, not unexpected at all from grace. Exactly what we'd have. Zero timetable on her. Um, Keanu Brown is still out, obviously, with, uh, I think, her thumb injury. It sounds like the earliest she would be back right now is mid-January, is what Coach Morin said. Um, we obviously know about Alyssa Geary. Uh, they didn't really talk about her in depth, but it sounds like she's still day-to-day with her ankle. But the other one that was surprising to me is, evidently, Yarden Garzon got banged up in, I think, the Illinois game as well. So now we have four players that are, are – you know, have either very serious injuries or we're just not quite sure with now Garzon and Alyssa Geary. So I'm hoping again, this 10 day stretch and that's a big question is if they're going to have enough time here to get everyone healed uh, before we jump back into play.
1: And I kind of will piggyback off that. And that may be what's causing these last two games where we just haven't really seemed to play at our peak. Again, we're down people with that. We have injuries. We have a couple of people playing maybe with some injuries that, you know, are nagging Great. at them, but you both the Illinois and Illinois improved. Don't get me wrong, but both the Illinois and the Penn state game, those, those games ended up being a lot closer, I think than everybody thought they would be. We found ways to win. That's the most important thing. But so that's kind of my lingering question here. Is this kind of where we are right now, or is this just a team that maybe lost a little focus after playing a couple of the better teams on their schedule and knowing that they're, you know, coming up on fine, you know, a couple of the teams at the bottom of the, that were picked at the bottom of the Big Ten, and now you know you get the finals, and then you get a chance maybe to get some rest. So I'll be interested to see what they look like um, Sunday when they play Moorhead State.
0: Yeah, same. Yeah, uh, I didn't. I think those were you hit the one, and uh, the one I had was about injuries. But do you have one other question besides that, or were you, was that it? No, that, like that? I just
1: wanted to come back. My second point was going to be about whether this is a pattern yes. that Illinois yeah. and Penn state game, are those patterns? Or are these going to be something that we'll, we'll get righted and we'll get back to playing the way we did. Right. Oh, yeah. Even without oh. grace, are we going to yep. be able to get back to playing that the way we were before that?
0: Okay, great. Well, let's jump into what's next then, Jeff. Um, so I'll I'll give us a quick intro and then you can take us home here. As you mentioned, we're playing Moorhead State. Uh, so the they will continue their season um, after this week off for finals. They play Moorhead State in Bloomington on Sunday, December eighteenth. This game tips off at 2 o'clock Eastern or 1 o'clock Central. And, of course, um, it'll be on Big Ten Plus again. Um, In terms of this all-time series, IU has only played Morehead State four times. They've won all four. The first matchup occurred back in November of 1980. And the last matchup that we had was in Bloomington in November 2014, which we won 98-57. to But um, what else do we know about Morehead State, Jeff?
1: Well, I'll go ahead to the next kind of bullet point here. They're four and six on the season. They have not started Ohio Valley Conference play. Uh, their most recent win was over Bellarmine on December 4th, uh, 63-59. Uh, they also just got done playing UC- USC Upstate, that's University of South Carolina Upstate, before traveling to Bloomington. They lost that game um, to UC- UCS- USC Upstate, um, and so that's where they are at four and six. On the season, and they were picked to be at the bottom of the Ohio Valley camp Conference ten-team league, which has had some turnover. It's a league that's really been dominated by Belmont over the last six or seven years, and Belmont has left to go to the Missouri Valley. So, but still, Morehead's picked to tie, picked to finish tied for ninth in the preseason poll. So it's it, it they're struggling, and, and it's been a while since I think they've had a, a real solid team. Um, but Kathy, why don't you take a take it for what the they look like on the yeah. floor?
0: Yeah, in terms of some of their stats as a team, they average 60 points per game, but they're giving up 62. Uh, they are led by senior guard Veronica Charles. She has 13 points per game, um, followed by junior Sophie. I, I'm not, I'm going to get the same completely wrong. So I apologize to Sophie Ben Haraga, and she averages 10 points per game. Both of those players also lead the team with rebounds per game with five and four respectively. Um, in terms of rebounding, their opponents have actually been out rebounding them, around 39 to 34 points per game. And turnovers, they have a high turnover rate at 17 turnovers per game. Interesting though, they turn their opponents over at 21 turnovers per game. So that, um, it seems like maybe their their calling card might be a little more on the defensive end.
1: It would also tell me they probably play up tempo, and they probably get you know they'll, they'll we may see some full court pressure, but that turnover rate tells me it, one of two things that they are not very good at handling the ball in the half court, or they're really trying to push the tempo and they're willing to accept a higher number of turnovers. And because you look at the 21.4 that they're turning over at four and six, that would lead me to believe that they're playing some kind of pressure defense, either a full court or a half court trap type defense. That's that's causing teams to turn it over. Problem with that is when you don't succeed in getting it turned over, it usually leads to some easy bucket or at least easy, good looks. And then you just got to convert them.
0: Yeah. Great. Um, so a couple of things um, that we're looking for. The first one, I think for me, sorry about my dogs. Um, they uh, I, I think is just to kind of uh, get our turnovers turned around. I, I'm not too concerned about that, um, but really just to see how we can do with our rebounding as well. So this is, a, an, again, a team uh, that I think we have a chance to 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 right the ship here, if you will, and, and really focus on rebounding against um, Moorhead State.
1: And if we can get Alyssa Geary back this week, and if we can get some of the other players some more time on the floor, let's get Lexi Bargasser, let's get Hannah Sandvik, let's get um, Lily Meister some more minutes this week against hope, what hopefully is not a very strong opponent where we can, you know, like you said, the last time we played them was a 41-point victory. I, I think Terry Mourn. I think the players would take that kind of game, and it would also allow them to rest some of your starters, hopefully, and get some of the subs in off the bench and get them some more time on the floor. So that would be the big thing I'm looking for. Out
0: Right. Absolutely. And, you know, hopefully Alyssa Geary is back and this because her a chance, you know, to maybe not have to put a lot of minutes in on the floor, but enough to, to start feeling comfortable getting back to that flow of the game. But anything else on Moorhead State?
1: No. And then just real quick, I'll kind of say then, obviously, then the next Wednesday, week from tonight, they played Butler and Simon <laughs> Scott Assembly Hall. And I did not look at the time on that. But both those games are actually these two upcoming games are on BTN+. Plus.
0: Um, I think that Butler game is a day game, if I remember. I believe you're right. Yes, it is at 11 o'clock East or excuse me, 1 o'clock Eastern, 12 o'clock Central, (laughs) also on Big Ten Plus. So, yeah, we didn't break down Butler um, since they're kind of a bit farther out. But, yeah, anything else on either upcoming opponent you want to touch on before we just talk about our programming notes and and wrap things
1: up? No, go ahead and wrap it up, Kathy.
0: Let's do it. All right. So um, as always, Jeff is doing a fantastic job keeping us updated on all of our Hoosier alums that are playing professionally. So if uh, you're in our private community, you can keep an eye out there. Uh, And if you're not, um, you should consider joining. We have a lot of fun and good discussions in that private community. But um, you can also find us on Twitter. So if you haven't already, you can follow us on Twitter. Just search doing the work with space in between. And you should be able to find our Twitter feed there. Um, Assembly Call Uh, Radio will be back with us tomorrow night. They will have their normal Thursday show. Uh, You can also subscribe to Crimson Cast. They are also part of our Back Home Network. And then um, our next show personally for doing the work will be a show on Thursday, the 22nd. It will be at our normal seven central time, but on Thursday, instead of um, Wednesdays, as we've been doing quite a bit, we will try to recap the Moorhead State and the Butler games on that. Um, We'll probably keep it abbreviated because that would be right before assembly call radio as well. So that's kind of our programming notes. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap things up. Jeff, what is on your last call are your last call mind
1: <laughs> well real quick we get some Bob Thompson in yep. um yeah i'm trying to see here um last call for me just i want to see us i want to see us play sunday i mean i i really think the rest will help i think coach moran probably won't say that publicly but i think she knows it. Uh, not only from not just so much a fatigue factor, but just sometimes you got to get back into the practice and get away from the game a, a little bit. They've been playing yeah. basically every two or every third to fourth day. Uh, and usually coach moran gives them the day after a game off of the floor anyway. So this is a chance for them and Again, they're going to work around finals and stuff, but I think we'll see a little better focus on Sunday against Moorhead state than maybe we saw against Penn state. And that will excuse me. And that will help us uh, just look better offensively and defensively. But like you said, Kathy, um, defensively, we kind of got locked in that second half at Penn State, and and, and I, that's their calling card. But I, I just really want to see some better focus on on the, for the full forty minutes or as close to the forty minutes as we can get on right. Sunday.
0: Yeah, I I would agree. You know, both that Morehead State and Butler game on paper look like it's games that they they should be able to do that, get some playing time, get some rest for our starters, which is going to be badly needed and physically and, as you mentioned, even mentally with this, this week off. Because, you know, right around the corner, December 29th, we're right back into the heart of um, Big Ten play in earnest this time, and we start with Michigan State on the road. Um, so you can't overlook Michigan State this year for sure, and any, again, Big Ten road game is something – You cannot take lightly. So I think this is a couple of games so we can, you know, clean some things up, get some folks healthy and um, really get going on December 29th with Big Ten play as well. All right, Jeff. Um, I think that is going to wrap things up for us tonight. And for everyone out there in our Workaholics chat, thank you for joining us. And if you want to also see us do the show live and be part of that live chat, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can do that at youtube.com slash assembly call. You can be part of our private community as well, which I mentioned earlier. You can join today at join.assemblycall.com. And a huge special thank you to John Ringer of Riggs Design for our logo for doing the work. We have it up in the corner and it's all over Twitter and we love it. And a great big thank you to Bob Thompson who designed that new music you just heard throughout the broadcast. And most of all, thank you all out there listening both live and later on in whatever podcast feed of your choice you, you like to listen to. So thank you all. We'll be back again next week on thursday uh to talk some more iu hoops but until then keep your elbow in and your eyes on the rim and let's go hoosiers
1: good night everybody all right hey that's a good show we're out. yeah, yeah um, we did let, good let me end this real quick mm-hmm.
0: All right, good night, all.